0: With the latest commitment of DeAndre Robinson, this staff is proving that they know what it takes to win in the SEC. You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show, Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And on today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, we are talking about DeAndre Robinson, the latest commit to the Texas football team. In the second segment, I answer five random questions about Texas football to make a lot more sense when we get there. And in the last segment, we're talking about Texas basketball, who got their conference schedule for the 2023-2024 season. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday. It's been a long week, at least for me it has. I assume it's probably been a long week for a lot of people listening, and we have made it to the weekend almost, so it's time to celebrate. And if you're watching on YouTube and you enjoy the show, as always, please like, please subscribe. Whether you're listening on audio or watching on video on YouTube, I'm always grateful for all of the support. And on today's episode, we are talking about DeAndre Robinson, the latest commit to the Texas football team, big interior defensive lineman, 6'4", 315, heading into his senior year of high school out of Orlando, Florida, number 353 in the 24-7 sports composite. A lot of smart people looked at that ranking and said, it's entirely too low. This is a player that is ranked as a three-star on most sites that had 62 offers, 62 offers, no way that there are 352 players in the country better than them and better than him, I should say. And now you look at this Texas class. I didn't get a chance to look on on three and rivals. But in terms of 24-7, we are the 19th ranked class. Now, what's crazy is the last time I looked at it, we were 17. Right. So how do you get a commitment and drop? Well, they did a rankings update. And literally, I don't know what's going on between 24-7 and Texas, but they dropped all of our players. Right. All of them dropped. Jared Gibson was our highest ranked recruit. I think he was 39th. He's now 83rd. Right. So like everybody in the class dropped. But we know that this 2024 class will be really special for Texas when it's all said and done. So what does the commitment of DeAndre Robinson mean for this Texas football team? I think it means three things. The first thing is the Florida to Texas pipeline is thriving. Throughout the last two cycles, you have shown an ability to go into the state of Florida and get some of the best players in that state. And we know every year, Texas, California, and Florida are probably the three states that produce the most blue chip players, right? Five-star players and four-star players. And now that you're going to the SEC, you can almost promise to these players that they'll either get to play in the state of Florida or very close to home. In the last two years, you brought in Cedric Baxter, Peyton Kirkland, Jared Gibson, Jordan Johnson, Rubel, and now DeAndre Robinson from the state of Florida. You have expanded your recruiting footprint as you get closer to moving into the SEC. And like I said, Florida every year produces some of the best talent in the country. The fact that this Texas staff can go into Florida and almost get any player they want at this point means a lot of good things for this Texas football team down the road. The second thing it means is Bo has put his stamp on this class and. I know we, and I'm saying we, I'm including myself in this, a lot of times can get caught up in the recruiting rankings, right? If we see a five star, we assume he's really good. If we see a three star, sometimes we assume he's a bum, right? And what I always say is we have to trust the eval. And I think it's really hard to gauge how effective players can be in the trenches or how much they can develop, right? You know, I would trust Bo Davis more on that than people sitting at a desk, (laughs) you know, coming up with these recruiting rankings. So even though Melvin Hills, Alex January and Deontre Robinson don't necessarily have the star power, you know, that we would like to have in a recruiting class, we have to trust Bo Davis and the staff that they will be really good players and be developed into difference makers on the 40 acres. Melvin Hills, 6'3", 270. Alex January, 6'4", 325. Deontre Robinson, 6'4", 315, all heading into their senior year of high school, not to mention bringing in Trill Carter from Minnesota out of the transfer portal. So Bo Davis has really put his stamp on this offseason, building up that room in preparation to move to the SEC. And I'll say that Bo Davis was looking a little funny in the light. You know, people were starting to question Bo Davis's recruiting chops because you look at almost every other position besides tight end. And we have been able to recruit really well over the last three recruiting cycles. And that had not really been the case outside of Sadir Mitchell in terms of the interior defensive line. Bo Davis had to get, you know, a good amount of players to have depth going into the SEC next year, especially with the possibility of losing uh Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, and Alfred Collins. And I think he's done a really good job with the first three commits of this class in Hills, January, and Robinson. And now you can put a full court press on Dominic McKinley, a top 40 player in the country out of Louisiana, and TJ Lindsay. But this class is shaping up really nicely in terms of that interior defensive line to, at worst, have depth going into the SEC. And I have faith that Bo Davis can develop these players into difference makers, regardless of what 24-7 sports has their ranking as. And last but not least, before we get into some of the film as a family, We're bulking up in the trenches in preparation to go to the SEC. Like I said, this staff knows what it takes to win at the highest level in the best conference in college football. Since the 2022 class, the first class that this staff had full control over, Texas has added 14 players listed 300 pounds or heavier at the time of their commitment. And when you look at it right now, if Texas were to go into the SEC this year, Texas would have nine players on their roster that weigh 320 pounds or heavier, which is tied for third in the SEC, only behind Tennessee and Georgia. And it is tied with Alabama, who's won a lot of games. And Vanderbilt, which is kind of surprising, but the food is really good in Nashville. So like I said, this staff knows what it takes to win in the SEC, and they are bringing in the players that can more than hold their own in the trenches, which is the biggest part of SEC play. Can't wait until 2024. Now, as promised, we're going to watch some of the film as a family and get to know our latest commitment, DeAndre Robinson out of Orlando, Florida. So give me a minute to pull this up. I'm sorry, not as tech savvy as I probably should be. All right. Here we go. I love when they circle the players in the trenches. Look at that. Just push them back. Throw them to the ground. Get to the ball carrier. Tackle for loss. Very effective. I like the little dance after the tackle for loss. Love the circle. Okay. Double team. Let's spin off of that. Ball carrier on the ground. Love the agility. Look how big he is and look how nimble he moves. They didn't circle him, but he just jumps off the screen. Okay, there he goes. Look how big he is. Occupying blocks, gets to the ball carrier. No room to even get to the second level with DeAndre Robinson up front, and he's probably going to get a lot bigger this year. Oh, he got hands, too? He can catch, too? Circle him up front. Look at this. He's just bigger than everybody, pushing him back, pushing him back. That man had to go to pre-algebra that day and then deal with DeAndre Robinson. Tough life. Look at him. Look at him. <laughs> getting the ball carrier on the ground. We love to see it. Circle him. There we go. You ain't even got to circle him. He big. Look at that. I mean, just wrecking the opposing offense's game plan. It's funny when you can look at a player and like, oh, yeah, he's going to play college football and everybody else is going to work a nine to five. No disrespect. I work a nine to five, too. All right. We circling him up front. We're just wrecking that. You're not getting to the second level. The linebackers and the safeties are bored, y'all. Look at this. We got a few more plays. Look at this. Two, it doesn't matter. I'll move him out the way so my teammates can get him. You just love the way he can control the line of scrimmage up front. And he's only going to get bigger. And then you assume that he's only going to get better when he gets to the University of Texas under the leadership of Bo Davis. Boom! Ice bath, please. All right, one more play. Oh, he's on the edge. Set the edge. Ooh! Does not miss tackles. Big body controls the line of scrimmage. and makes it really tough for opposing offenses. I love the addition of DeAndre Robinson to this Texas football team. And I think he makes this Texas football team really formidable in the trenches heading into the SEC. A quick word from our sponsors. And then we're talking about five random questions being answered on this Texas football team for the 2023 season. So I said I'm answering five random questions about this Texas football team and it's the offseason. So you got to get content from wherever you can. Excuse me. Let me put my background back on the screen. Our graphics team works too hard for me not to have this background up here. All right. There we go. So got to find content from wherever you can. And CJ Vogel underscore TFB. You know, some of you follow him. He does a really good job of covering this Texas football team. He put out. Five questions yesterday that I saw on Twitter and I said, okay, instead of responding on Twitter, I'll just respond on the show. So the five questions are the most impactful freshman, the most under the radar freshman, breakout candidate on offense, breakout candidate on defense and the most improved from 2022. So before I answer them, if you want to take a moment and answer these questions yourself more than happy, you know, to do that. And let me know in the comments what you got, right? If you agree with my answers, if you disagree with my answers, if you think I'm way wrong, if you think I'm way right, let me know. So the first one for the 2023 season is most impactful freshmen. And my first thought was Cedric Baxter, right? Because He is going to obviously, you know, get a lot of touches as the number one running back in the country. Not sure exactly how the split will look between Jonathan Brooks, Jaden Blue, Cedric Baxter, and then whoever else after that. Right. It's going to be tough to keep all of those personalities happy in the running back room. But we know that he's going to have a role. Right. And he's going to be really good. So it's easy to say that Cedric Baxter would be the most impactful freshman. Right. But kind of like when you're talking about MVP, I think you always have to ask if you took this player off the football team, would that unit still be able to play really good football? And I think that if you took Cedric Baxter off of this football team, obviously we don't have to, which is a luxury. I think Jaden Blue, Jonathan Brooks, Keelan Robinson and Savion Red could still be a really good running back room. I think you still would have one of the top rushing attacks in college football. I think Cedric Baxter is more of a luxury than my answer, which is Anthony Hill. Right. Anthony Hill probably won't start to start the season. I think eventually he'll take over David Bender's spot. But. Even as a versatile piece off the bench, you're bringing in somebody who is really instinctual, can play the linebacker position, knows how to read opposing offenses and understand what they're trying to attack on the defensive side of the ball. He is super fast and super strong. It's been a while since we've had an athletic specimen at the linebacker position at the 40 acres like Anthony Hill. He can absolutely come down and just shut down the running game. He can cover in space and he can blitz the quarterback, right? He just brings so much to this Texas football team. He's going to be such a weapon for Pete Kakowski this year. I think even though Cedric Baxter might get more snaps and, well, yeah, I would just say more snaps because Anthony Hill's not getting touches. So he would get more snaps than Anthony Hill. I think Anthony Hill will be the most impactful freshman on this Texas football team this year, and he'll be a hell of a weapon for a really good defense. The most under the radar freshman, to me, this is easy. Derek Williams was a top fifty player in the country. And when we talk about this class, we talk about John T. Cook Cedric Baxter, Arch Manning, a host of other players. But Derek Williams does not get a ton of burn or talk amongst Texas fans, And that's not to say that, you know, Texas fans don't talk about him at all. But for a top 50 player in the country, I just don't think we talk about him enough. To me, you could make I don't even say you can make the argument, but there's a possibility he could be the third best safety on the team right now. And that's no disrespect to Michael Taff or Keaton Crawford. I just think behind Jalen Catalan and Jaron Thompson, I'm that high on Derek Williams and what he brings out of the state of Louisiana. This is a player that typically would go and star at LSU and they were able to take him away. Uh, Terry Joseph from the Tigers, right? This is a player that almost went to Miami at the end of the day and would have been a really good safety at the University of Miami. And Terry Joseph was able to close and get him to the University of Texas. And when I used to bring John Garcia Jr. on, who's now on with Rivals, doing such a good job, I'm so happy for him. He would always talk about Derrick Williams as one of his favorite players in the class. And he would say, as a junior in high school, he was a complete player at the safety position, a modern safety, somebody that can do a little bit of everything, right? And Has a mean streak and a toughness about him too. So I think this is a player that eventually will develop into one of the best safeties in the country. Definitely probably a starting safety for you going into the SEC next year. But I think the most under the radar freshman, and this doesn't even mean that he'll have a huge role this year, but I think he's your freshman in the country, and we don't talk about him enough at the 40 acres. He's going to be special in the burnt orange and white. Breakout candidate on offense. This is easy for me. I think it's Jaden Blue, right? When you look at Jaden Blue, he might be the most explosive player on this football team on offense. I think he's a home run waiting to happen. I think anytime you put the ball in his hands, he could take it for six. And we've seen Jonathan Brooks. I can't say that Cedric Baxter is a breakout candidate because we haven't seen him yet. And even though he's a true freshman, I think he'll be somewhat third in the pecking order, at least to start the season. And we've really kind of seen everybody else, either at the University of Texas or at another university in some capacity thus far. So I think it's Jaden Blue, like I said, He's very explosive, you know, former number one running back in the country before he opted out for his senior year. And every time you put the ball in his hands, he's liable to take it to the house, as we saw in the spring game. Really explosive. He's going to make a lot of spectacular plays for the Texas football team this year. My breakout candidate on defense. This was a little tougher, but I went with Terrence Brooks. I think we're really solid in the secondary, but there's one question mark right now. Jalen Catalan, if he stays healthy, no questions. Jaron Thompson, Ryan Watts and Jade Baron, no question marks about them. We have one of the most talented and cohesive secondaries in the country, especially if Jalen Catalan can come in and fit right in, which every report has said that he has done. The only question mark is who is going to start at that field corner position. Is it going to be uh, Terrence Brooks or Gavin Holmes? And if it's Terrence Brooks, I think he's going to be a breakout candidate on defense. When he had to come in last year in place of Deshaun Jameson, he was really good. Now, there was That play in the TCU game where him and Anthony Cook got mixed up and it led to that Quentin Johnson touchdown, but he was a true freshman. There was also the play in the Washington game where he dropped the pick six that may have resulted in a Texas win, right? So, you know, definitely there were some plays that he left on the table last year, but I thought he was more than solid in coverage. They talked about Terrence Brooks and Ryan Watts being big body physical corners that can more than hold their own in zone or man coverage and also can come down and run support as well. So I think if Terrence Brooks does get the starting job over Gavin Holmes, he'll be a really good corner for this Texas football team. He's my breakout candidate on the defensive side of the ball. And if Terrence Brooks develops into a solid corner. Texas will have one of the best secondaries in the country. And my most improved from 2022. This is kind of wishful thinking because I've always said my biggest question marks going into this season are interior offensive line or the pass rush. So my most improved from 2022 is either going to be Cole Hudson or DJ Campbell. And I think if you get one of them to hit and be a really good player for you this year, you now have all the confidence in the world in Kelvin Banks. You have. More than enough confidence in Krista Jones. I don't know if you have all the confidence in the world, but he was a really good player last year. You expect him to be better this year. If you can get either Cole Hudson or DJ Campbell to give you solid production every week at that right guard spot, that's three out of five offensive linemen you can go into every game trusting and being confident that they can play really well. And I think best case scenario is if Cole Hudson and DJ Campbell both hit and both develop into really good players. Now you can start one of them over, Hayden Connor or Jake Majors, you have four or 80% of that offensive line that you're really comfortable with. I just think last year, Hayden Connor, Cole Hudson, and Jake Majors weren't great in terms of that interior offensive line. So even though you were really good at the book in tackle spots, You struggle to get a push in the run game a lot of times because you couldn't control the interior trenches. You need either Cole Hudson or DJ Campbell to be really good for the Texas football team this year to improve the running game from what we saw last year. Be able to hold their own in the passing game and be able to dominate in the trenches. So I think Cole Hudson or DJ Campbell need to be one of the most improved players on this Texas football team from 2022 to take this offense to the next level elite top 10 in the country What we're used to seeing from Steve Sarkeesian. Those are my five random questions I answered about the Texas football team. Most impactful freshman, most under the radar freshman breakout candidate on offense, breakout candidate on defense, most improved from 2022. If you have any answers to any of these questions, let me know in the comments. Can't wait to see what you all came up with a quick word from our sponsors, and then we're talking about the Texas basketball conference schedule and their last year in the Big 12. So the Texas basketball team, this is their last year in the Big Twelve, and I'm sad about it. You know, I've said that I wish that every program could go to the SEC and basketball could stay in the Big Twelve because we all know that you know the Big Twelve is the premier conference for basketball, and we know that Texas, as long as they don't you know wet the bed, right, they're going to make the tournament every year. And I think once you get into the tournament, obviously you know certain seeds have better draws and certain seeds don't. But once you get into the tournament, it's just about being the best team on the court that day, right? So you're not really as worried about losing regular season games in basketball as you are in other sports. Right? So, I would rather us stay in the Big Twelve for that in season competition and those tough matchups, those tough quad one matchups every time you take the court. But this is the last year in the Big Twelve, and you know, I'll enjoy it right while we're still here. I'll live where my feet are, like Rodney Terry likes to say. So they released the conference schedule, and I'm gonna, you know, read it out to you. Our home games this year in conference are gonna be Iowa State, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, UCF, Baylor, Houston. Oklahoma, Tech, and West Virginia. So None of those schools look too daunting coming into the Moody center. So I think that like last year, Texas will be really good at home. I think Baylor probably is the toughest team you'll have to play at home this year in conference. We'll see how U of H uh, adjusts to their first year in the big 12. Kansas state will be a really good team as well, but for the most part, you know, I think the Texas basketball team can more than hold their own in the Moody center. One of the best home court advantages in college football. And then their away schedule BYU, Cincinnati, Kansas, TCU, Baylor, Houston, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and West Virginia. So the only teams that differ in terms of home and away are BYU, Cincinnati, Kansas, and TCU. The rest of the teams you play home and away. My biggest takeaways on their conference opponents and conference schedule for 2023 and 2024 is I love the home and home with Houston. You know, y'all know that I live in Houston, so I can go to the game in the Moody Center and also see them play at U of H in Houston. I think we also play LSU in the Toyota, uh, Toyota Center as well this season. So Texas basketball will play twice in Houston, and I get to see them in my city as a fan. Really exciting about that. My second takeaway is I think that we got gypped a little bit on the home schedule. Right. And if you look at it, I think going into the season this year, TCU and Kansas are gonna be two of the best teams in the conference. And we have to play both of them on the road and don't get them at home. Right. I don't think that's fair if we're talking about the top teams in the conference, right? Going into you know the Big 12 tournament play and going into the NCAA tournament play, that we have to play Kansas on the road and we have to play TCU on the road, but neither one of them have to come to the Moody Center, right? Especially in your last year in the Big 12, you're telling me that there's a chance that Kansas might never come to the Moody Center again. And I just don't think that's fair for this Texas basketball team. and I don't think that's cool for the fans. You know, as a fan, you want to see Texas versus Kansas in the Moody Center. That's one of the best games of the year. So I think the Big 12 definitely missed on that one, especially when you're talking about the upper class of the conference. I think every team that's projected to do really good should have a home at home this year. And I think they missed out on the storyline. Right. Arterio Morris left Texas to go to Kansas and we don't get Arterio Morris back in the Moody Center as a visitor. You know, so I think the Big 12 definitely missed on that one. I don't think it's fair that Texas has to go play Kansas and TCU on the road. But TCU and Kansas don't have to come to the Moody Center. But nonetheless, the Texas basketball team will be really good if they take care of business, should do really well in the Big 12 conference tournament. And I think. They are a team that could make it to the Sweet 16 or further in the NCAA tournament. So like Ronnie Terry says, live where your feet are and let's enjoy our last year in the Big 12 Conference, the best conference in college basketball by a good margin. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Enjoy your weekend, hook them, and peace. Peace. <laughs>